Today is 3 October. I was going to question that, but today is 3 October. It's Sunday. It's time for the CG report. The work of the devil. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, let's see here. Um, we got a visitor. We got a visitor named Rick Fossler. He, if uh, you attend online, he goes by River Ghost, and he decided to drive down today. He took him three hours on his motorcycle to get here. So we want to welcome you, and uh, make sure you say hi to him during the halftime break. And uh, got plenty of food back there, whatever you're hungry for. And uh, so it's wonderful to have you, and we thank you for making the effort. And unfortunately, Rick lost his wife just recently. It's uh, been a tough time on him, uh, but uh, he's here to fellowship with us, and so give him a hug and let him know that he's loved. And uh, the good thing is she knew the Lord, and so we're all going to be together really soon, hopefully sooner than soon, but pretty soon. Okay, before I get into our first category, I'd like to ask all of you just, just a serious question. How many deaths per day are acceptable with taking the COVID shot? Zero. Zero. Okay, you know what? Nobody talks about it from this angle. I haven't heard anybody do it, but the CDC website. Here's my comments. How many deaths are acceptable to the CDC in the administration of vaccines? Now, their website says this, not me. And I will next week probably talk about a number that is much, much higher that we can validate. But for right now, this is the CDC's website. Taking the number of deaths reported by the CDC from getting the vaccine. Because they got the vaccine, they died. This is CDC's report. Mm -hmm. From taking the vaccine as of 1 October back to 22 December, the day that they started giving vaccines, 22 December until 1 October, 8,164 people have died from getting the vaccine. And dividing that by the number of days since the vaccine was first authorized, as I said, I said 22, it was 18 December. That means the vaccine has killed 28 people on average, every single day. Wow. And that means today, 28 people who go to get the vaccine will die. This is the CDC's website that says that this is happening. This is only in the United States, and it is only what is admitted by them and by the way that they yeah. determine these numbers. Add in the number of other adverse events, which are clearly documented on the CDC website, but which have stopped being tallied as well. Many of them have stopped being tallied by the CDC. You are up to hundreds, if not thousands of events every single day whose lives have been ruined or ended by the COVID shots. For a piece of perspective, there are only 42 gun deaths a day average in the United States of America. That's more, but that's including suicide. And suicide is the majority of those deaths every single day. The anti-gun people always include suicides in the gun crime statistics. But 42 deaths a day minus suicides, you're down to less than the COVID shots probably on average. And all of those deaths by guns, I mean, like 98% of them happen in liberal cities. So there you go. If you took all of the United States of America and just got rid of the liberal cities, you'd be down to maybe two gunshots deaths a day. Maybe that many, probably not. Okay. 28 people a day, on average, according to the CDC's website, will lose their lives today. Okay, got some news from Israel. Zero Hedge, good news from Texas. Texas moves to divest 
from Ben and Jerry's over Israeli settlement ban. We've already started the paperwork. They have as well now. Texas has added Ben and Jerry's and its parent company, Unilever, to a list of companies that are boycotting Israel over the ice cream company's decision to stop selling its product in Israeli settlements in the West Bank. The firms have 90 days. Remember, Arizona was the first state to already cut them out. We are working on it. And now Texas has uh, 90 days notification that they are on the list to reverse the settlement ban or Texas will remove about $100 million in pension funds that are invested in Unilever. This is going to cost them and more states are working on these. But so far we have Florida, we have Texas, but Arizona is the first to completely divest. Once you start taking out that much money, they'll roll. And if they don't, good, because who wants their crummy ice cream anyway? Jerusalem Post. House Democrats remove Iron Dome funding from upcoming budget. Stop, I know you already know the outcome. From all Israel, by overwhelming majority, Congress approves Iron Dome funding for Israel after Bill got shut down earlier. Couple of pipsqueaks in the Congress on the very far left, radical left, decided that they were going to hamper the bill as a whole. Okay, and they didn't want to do that, so they just shot it down and said no Iron Dome. But then you can put in an individual bill to rectify the situation, and by an overwhelming majority, those little pipsqueaks got shut down. One of them actually broke down in Congress crying, ah! Congress approved funding to replenish Israel's Iron Dome missile defense system by an overwhelming 420 to nine majority after the billion dollars in funding was removed from another bill under pressure from anti-Israel Democrats in Congress earlier this week. Put them in their place. From the Washington Free Beacon, San Diego Teachers Union passes resolution that rejects Israel's legitimacy, accuses Israel of war crimes, ethnic cleansing. These people don't even know what they're talking about. It's just a fashion. The San Diego chapter of the American Federation of Teachers passed a resolution rejecting Israel's legitimacy as a country and accusing the Israeli government of carrying out ethnic cleansing, apartheid, and war crimes against the Palestinians. The resolution, which represents community college teachers in San Diego, refers to Israel as historic Palestine and calls on the Biden admin to hold Israel accountable for its complete disregard of international law and implement a proud reassessment of military aid to Israel. The statement does not mention Palestinian terrorism. Of course it doesn't. It argues that Israel's indiscriminate bombing of the Gaza Strip has claimed a significantly greater and disproportionate number of Palestinian lives and destroyed essential infrastructure in the already oppressed occupied territories. From the Times of Israel, government COVID experts push strategy rethink as infections spread. The panel of experts reportedly urged government officials to adopt an overall change in their approach to fighting COVID, which until now has largely sought to avoid heavy restrictions seen under the last government. It is unreasonable to continue on the current course. Other advisors said that the vaccination campaign pushed by Prime Minister Bennett and Health Minister Horowitz has not done enough yet to curb rising cases. And a change in policy is needed for the interim period until there is a significant and consistent decrease in serious cases. Well, if they'd stop giving all these shots, they would see that decrease. But they're not doing it. The advisors reportedly told government ministers that the extent of rising morbidity over the past month has extracted a heavy human toll. 
Since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic in Israel, 7,602 people have succumbed to the disease. Since the start of September, more than 550 Israelis have died with the virus. With the virus, not of the virus, with the virus. The experts reportedly told members of the coronavirus cabinet that the current approach of making decisions based on only the number of serious cases is dangerous and that adopting restrictions at an earlier stage is the correct choice for the future in light of the lessons learned so far from the fourth wave. The panel also suggested specific moves to help curb the infection numbers, including limiting indoor gatherings to 300 people, as if that's going to do anything at all, and making sure the Green Pass Vaccination Passport Program requires a booster shot. The major Because now you're fully vaccinated no longer means you're fully vaccinated. So they're now moving the goalposts and saying that not only do you have to get your third and fourth shot, but you can't even go outside without a green pass without them. Okay. The majority of new cases each day are among school-aged children, most of whom are not vaccinated against COVID-19. As of Thursday morning, 36,822 of the active COVID cases were among school-aged children, making up more than 56% of all cases. And none of them will die from it unless they have a pre-existing condition. So they're using numbers that aren't valid towards the general population anyway. Another 90,000 students were in mandatory quarantine after exposure to a COVID patient. On Thursday morning, the health ministry formally instructed principals to bar teachers who are unvaccinated and refuse to submit to regular testing from entering classrooms. The new regulation, which will take effect on October 3rd, will also prevent such teachers from being paid and ban them from teaching remotely. You can see what a mess it is over there because they simply won't do what they should be doing. We have the evidence. We know the answer to this, and they will not follow it in Israel, one of the most heavily vaccinated countries on this planet. Now some news concerning the state of Christianity today. Oh, uh, last week I mentioned uh, David Mustaine of Megadeth. Okay, everybody remember that? Megadeth, you don't want to be Megadeth. Okay, well, I found out my friend Mike sent me an email, and David Mustaine is actually a Christian. He came to Christ as a Savior. He gave up music for a while until he could get his head clear about how to properly approach these things, but I was very happy to hear that. That's why he's making these right choices and these right decisions about the issues of the day. Good stuff. I just thought I'd let you know that. Um, before I get into our first article on Christianity, I want to read something. I have hounded people on this issue enough, I know, but I want to hound you one more time. I told you about eight or ten days ago we started the Acts Bible study. And I want to read a comment from somebody that said, I'm not going to do this, and then decided I'm going to do this, or that was her mental attitude. Okay, and from there you can decide if you want to go back and watch these or read them. You can watch them on YouTube. You can listen to them by a guy in the UK that reads them out loud on a podcast. It's all linked every day on the Superior Word website. And you can also go to the Sermon Audio website or you can read it just, you know, in any of those formats. Okay, so here we go. I want to thank you for your daily Bible study in Acts and for your challenge, which I'm doing to you right now. I'm challenging you. I saw one of your short YouTube videos where you challenged viewers, everyone to set aside a small amount of time every day to read and follow your daily verse-by-verse -verse study in Acts. It's a commentary, okay? To be honest, I wasn't too keen to just read one verse a day, verse-by-verse, -verse, with a little surface-level, happy-go-feely paragraph added in which I'd learn almost nothing from. Unfortunately, that's been my experience with other verse-a-day writing devotionals. 
However, I decided to take you up on your challenge that if I followed your daily study of Acts, and I know it's only just started, then many doctrinal errors would be made clear and corrected, and that I would not be disappointed. Even though your daily study on Acts is only up to Acts 1-3, which was about five days ago, at this writing, the amount of information and the way that information has been presented is very easy to understand and follow, provides a deeper and more cohesive understanding of the word, and is very thorough, engaging, and thought-provoking. Yes, I had permission to read this email, so she gave me that permission. Uh, then at the very end, I won't go any further with that, but she gives her name Maria in Cambridge, Maryland. So I want to thank Maria for that, and I want to challenge you to go back and start with the uh, opening. There's three days of opening introduction to the X study, and then read up to where we are today. And then once a day, if you follow this, I know that it will bless you, and I know that you're going to get good doctrine out of it. So please do that. Okay, last time I'll appeal to the X study from Zero Hedge. Pope claims his critics are performing the work of the devil. Yes, Francis has claimed that conservative critics of his views on issues such as mass migration and climate change are performing the work of the devil. Ooh. He addressed criticism from American conservatives that his liberal views, I would say communist views, on almost every issue are eroding the Christian foundation of the Catholic Church, asserting that turning back is not the right way. I personally may deserve attacks and insults because I'm a sinner, but the church does not deserve this. It is the work of the devil, he said. However, as head of the church, the Pope's personal views are undoubtedly leading it astray. It's no coincidence that Cardinal Robert Sara, who was removed as head of the Vatican's office for liturgy by the Pope after he warned that Western civilization was living through its mortal hour, Sarah previously warned that the West will disappear as a result of mass migration, adding that Islam will invade the world and completely change culture, anthropology, and moral vision. Meanwhile, the Pope takes part in PR stunts to promote mass Islamic immigration to the West, including one in which he appeared with a Rwandan refugee responsible for killing a French priest and burning down a cathedral. After Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban asked Pope Francis not to let Christianity perish, the Pope responded by telling Hungarians that they should extend their arms to everyone, referring to migrants and refugees. Pope Francis even went so far as to all but excuse the actions of the Charlie Hebdo jihadist killers when he said that freedom of speech has limits, morally siding with the bloodthirsty fanatics who slaughtered the French cartoonists. When he's not washing the feet of Islamic migrants to amplify the narrative that Christian countries should absorb millions of people from the Mideast and North Africa, the Pope is pushing a globalist climate change propaganda. Pope Francis wants to make acts against the environment a sin, thereby elevating Mother Earth as some kind of New Age deity, while also calling for global governance to fight climate change. Last year, the Pope also offered his support for gay marriage, saying same-sex couples should be able to form civil unions, a position you'll struggle to find sympathy with in the actual Bible. From Georgia Star News, leaked documents show military's plan to grill service members over religious vaccine exemption. Guidance reportedly crafted by military attorneys urged Coast Guard chaplains to grill 
service members on their religious beliefs in attempts to discover whether a service member's religious exemption is a ruse. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you go into 99% of the churches in America that are really actual churches where people really believe in Jesus, and you ask them core doctrinal issues— They can't answer them because most people are not studied in theology. They know that they believe in Jesus. They know that Jesus died for their sins. And that's about as much theology as you're going to get out of them. For these people to do this is an attack against an individual and his religious rights. This is wrong. That's what this is. It is important to provide context in the memo discussing the member's belief. The draft documents said... If they come to the meeting and begin by discussing concerns about safety, politics, and so on, note that in the memo. Even if the member eventually states that it is a belief based on religion, note their first expression and how they move from non-religious beliefs to religious ones. Note any comments made by the member that made it appear they are using the religious exemption as a ruse to avoid the vaccine. They are trying to say that what is in your head does not belong to you. And what is in your heart concerning faith is a lie, whether it's true or not. That is what they are trying to do to our service members. This is the Coast Guard, but they've been doing this in all of the services. This is, I'm telling you, this is as unconstitutional of a thing as they can do. Under the Americans with Disabilities Act and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, U.S. employers are required to accommodate their employees' sincerely held religious beliefs including potential religious objections to a vaccine. Across the entire DOD, the services are requiring people who have a religious objection to the vaccine mandate, if they submit a request for a religious exemption to undergo a series of what they're calling interviews with medical providers and chaplains. The first Liberty General Council compared the documents to a modern-day Spanish Inquisition. Legally, the only thing that's required of a service member is just that they show that they have a sincerely held religious belief and that whatever the government is doing places a substantial burden on that religious belief, Barry said. So that's all they have to show. And then after that, the burden completely shifts to the government to overcome that. And that means that they would have to actually be inside of your head, which they are not, and they are violating constitutional law by doing what they're doing to our service members. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today. From the Times of Israel, over 300 prominent Iraqis publicly call for full peace with Israel. Hundreds of Iraqi leaders and activists gathered in the country's Kurdistan region on Friday, not yesterday, but a week ago, to publicly call for full normalization with Israel. The group, which includes Sunnis and Shiites, youth activists and tribal leaders, said the next step after the dramatic announcement would be to seek face-to-face talks with Israelis. The 312 Iraqi men and women issued their statements from a hotel in Erbil, the capital of the Kurdistan region. One of the speakers explained that the group believes in peace with Israel so that we might live in a stable region that brings conflicts to an end. We believe in it because we want our region to be a peaceful one, in which Israel is an inseparable part of the panoramic whole and which all peoples have the right to live in security. Next article, Times of Israel, Bennett. Prime Minister of Israel on Iraqis call for normalization. Israel extends its hand in peace. 
Prime Minister Bennett said that Israel extends its hand back in peace in response to the meeting of over 300 prominent Iraqis calling for their country to normalize ties with the Jewish state. This is a call that comes from below and not from above, from the people and not from the government, and from the recognition of the historical injustice done to the Jews of Iraq is especially important. The state of Israel extends its hand back in peace. Iraq has officially been at war with Israel since the Jewish state was founded in 1948. Next article. Times of Israel. Baghdad rejects Iraqi Kurdish forums push for normalization with Israel. More than 300 Iraqis, including tribal leaders, called for a normalization of ties with Israel at a conference in autonomous Kurdistan organized by a U.S. think tank, drawing a chorus of condemnation from Baghdad. The first initiative of its kind in Iraq, a historic foe of Israel and where its sworn enemy, Iran, has a strong influence. Next article, Jerusalem Post. Iraqi speakers who call for peace with Israel face arrest. Some 300 Iraqi leaders convened to encourage normalization with Israel, prompting arrest warrants from an Iraqi court. Speak out in favor of Israel in some parts of the world and you will be arrested. Reuters. Yeah, probably in San Diego. (laughs) Reuters. Tunisia president says he can rule by decree, ignore parts of constitution. Oh, I'm sorry, that must be Biden. (laughs) Tunisia president empowered to rule by decree. President can appoint a cabinet, set policy. Parts of constitution will not be enforced. Opponents call it a coup. It's exactly what's happening in the United States of America right now. And nobody's doing anything about it. From the Times of Israel, IAEA violating deal, Iran denies access to site it says was sabotaged by Israel. UN agency says inspectors turned away when they tried to replace surveillance equipment at Karaj Centrifuge Assembly Facility. That was some time ago. They went in to put in new equipment and they will not let them in. Iran is doing all kinds of things they should not be doing and they just keep getting away with it. From Zero Hedge, Erdogan defiantly says, of course, Turkey will buy more Russian S-400 missile defenses. Turkish President Erdogan announced his intent to purchase another round of Russian S-400 air defense systems. U.S. officials have long argued that the jet's stealth and radar-evading technology can't be compromised, given Turkey would, at the same time, have S-400s. In other words, America wanted to sell to Turkey our most modern fighters. And... Because they bought the S-400s, we said, you cannot do that. That was Trump who did that. They've been arguing against the two and saying, you can either have these or you can have these, but not both. And they said, we're sticking with the S-400s. So uh, it further involves Russian advisors and technicians assisting with the systems. So there you go with that. We are not getting any closer to a relationship with Turkey, which means Turkey is getting in a closer relationship with Russia, which means that they are closer to Iran. Things just keep lining up. All right. As we span the globe, we try to never miss something interesting from Mongolia. This is very interesting, probably to my wife especially. From BBC, Hakuho, sumo wrestling's greatest champion retires. It used to be me, but I retired years ago. (laughs) Sumo wrestling's greatest champion, Hakuho, is set to retire after more than 1,000 wrestling wins. He rose to the top ranks of sumo wrestling after arriving in Japan from his native Mongolia at the age of 15. During his career, Hakuho recorded more titles, wins, and perfect championships than any other wrestler in history. 
His retirement leaves just one wrestler at the sport's highest rank of Yokozuna. So there you go. The book of Daniel prophesies that technology would increase in the end times. What's up in that regard? From Samsung Newsroom. Samsung Electronics puts forward a vision to copy and paste the brain on neuromorphic chips. Yes, Samsung Electronics, a world leader in advanced semiconductor technology, shared a new insight that takes the world a step closer to realizing neuromorphic chips that can better mimic the brain. The essence of the vision put forward by the authors is best summed up by the two words copy and paste. We'll hope they don't do cut and paste. That would be a real problem. The paper suggests a way to copy the brain's neuronal connection map using a breakthrough nanoelectrode array and to paste this map onto a high-density three-dimensional network of solid-state <coughs> memories, the technology for which Samsung has been a world leader. Through this copy-and-paste approach, the authors envision to create a memory chip that approximates the unique computing traits of the brain, low-power, facile learning, adaptation to environment, and even autonomy and cognition that have been beyond the reach of current technology. The nano-electrode array can effectively enter a large number of neurons so it can record their electrical signals with high sensitivity. These massively parallel intercellular recordings inform the neuronal wiring map indicating where neurons connect with one another and how strong these connections are. Hence, from these telltale recordings, the neuronal wiring map can be extracted or copied. The copied neuronal map can then be pasted to a network of non-volatile memories, such as commercial flash memories that are used in our everyday use by programming each memory so that its conductance represents the strength of each neuronal connection in the copied map. The paper takes a further step and suggests a strategy to rapidly paste the neuronal wiring map onto a memory network. A network of specially engineered non-volatile memories can learn and express the neuronal connection map when directly driven by the intracellularly recorded signals. This is a scheme that directly downloads the brain's neuronal connection map onto the memory chip. Since the human brain has an estimated 100 billion or so neurons and a thousand or so times more synaptic connections, the ultimate neuromorphic chip will require 100 trillion or so memories. Integrating such vast numbers of memories on a single chip would be made possible by a 3D integration of memories, the technology led by Samsung that opened up a new era for memory industry. If you understood any of what they're trying to say, they're saying that they're taking what's going on in the brain and they're able to see this is weak here, this is strong here, all of these things, how they function. And then they can take that information and they can copy it and then put it on a chip. And that chip will be able to replicate what is happening. Not the exact memories, but how the brain functions. Everybody got that? It's very interesting what they're doing. And that way they could develop a thing that can function like the human brain. I don't know if it's going to work out, but that is what they're working on. And they think that they have the solution to it. Very, very interesting. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. So let's see how that's developing. Mail online. 
Champion Show Jumper, 22, who suffered extremely rare, they put that in quotes knowing that it's not, extremely rare reaction to Moderna vaccine may never ride again as doctors say blood clots that formed on her lungs after she had COVID jab. Imogene Allen, 22, beautiful young lady, was told by doctors that the clots, which formed two weeks after she was jabbed, could have been triggered by the Moderna vaccine. Miss Allen may never be able to ride a horse again and has had her dreams of becoming a police detective dashed after she was left bedbound. She could now die from a single cut or bump on the head and will be on blood thinning medication for the rest of her life due to the extremely rare adverse reaction. BBC, COVID-19 in Wales. Now listen to how they spin this. Listen very carefully to how they spin this. This is from BBC. COVID-19 in Wales. A third of positive cases are unvaccinated. Everybody got that? A third of positive cases are unvaccinated. What does that mean? Two thirds are vaccinated. See how they tried to spin that though? The figures also showed 99% of people who tested positive for COVID in the past week in Wales were under 60. Of these, 37% were unvaccinated. Nearly 13% of hospital patients with confirmed COVID were unvaccinated. Although 80% of patients have been double-dosed with a vaccine. Public health officials said that this is not evidence that the vaccine is not working. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? That's, that is the ultimate spin. If I've ever read spin in my life, that is it. People will believe it. People will believe it. They'll read it and they'll think, oh, well, yeah, exactly. From AP, COVID-19 vaccine boosters could mean billions for drug makers. No. Epic Times, Texas Hospital CEO says facility may stop delivering babies over vaccine mandate. They've already had that happen in New York, happening in Texas. W-E-S-H. Florida ferret test positive for COVID-19 after it started sneezing and coughing. Achoo, achoo. <laughs> that's, that's what they're worried about in this world is a ferret getting COVID. From Jaman Network, influenza's unprecedented low profile during COVID-19 pandemic leaves experts wondering what this flu season has in store. Right. There, there's no influenza. In America last year, they said there were only 300 cases, which is statistically impossible. It cannot happen. Okay, it cannot happen. Between October 3rd, 2020 and July 24th, 2021, of the 1.3 million specimens tested by clinical laboratories and reported to the CDC, 2,136 were positive for influenza virus and 748 deaths were coded as influenza. It's literally impossible. That's this year. Over last year, I said 300, but their numbers are not possible. Just keep that in mind. Zero Hedge. Federal workers sue Biden over vaccine mandate. As the FDA bucks Biden's booster jab push, a group of federal workers and contractors are suing Biden to try to stop his sweeping federal vaccine mandate. The lawsuit challenges Biden's executive edict requiring all federal workers and contractors to be vaccinated alongside the August memorandum requiring members of the military to be vaccinated to protect against COVID. Biden has opposed offering honorable discharges for soldiers who are vaccine objectors. Among the arguments actually said they should all be dishonorably discharged. This is not a commander in chief. This is not a good person here at all. 
Among the arguments made in the lawsuit, lawyers claimed that Christians are required to refuse a medical intervention, including vaccination, if his or her informed conscience comes to this sure judgment. The federal workers aren't the only group suing Biden over the mandate. The RNC has said it plans to sue Biden over the vaccine mandates, with RNC head Rona McDaniel arguing the mandates are unconstitutional and that Biden had promised not to impose mandates when he was elected. Well, you can't believe anything that guy says, so why even bother with that one? Biden told Americans when he was elected that he would not impose vaccine mandates. He lied. Now small businesses, workers, and families across the country will pay the price. Other 28 per day, at least, will pay the ultimate price. Other prominent Republican officials have also threatened to sue, with Arizona becoming the first state to sue Biden over the mandate earlier this month. The state of morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Breitbart. Minnesota sex ed program asked students to role play gay transgender sex scenarios. Yeah, I'll read it again. Minnesota sex ed program asked students to role play gay transgender sex scenarios right in school. The K-12 comprehensive sex education program called three R's for rights, respect, Responsibility was developed by Advocates for Youth, which bills the curriculum on its website as honest, inclusive sex education for all students. The program teaches about gay sex, gender ideology, abortion, racial justice, and more, and utilizes visuals and role-playing activities. You won't find that on there. Three R's teaches from the perspective of gender ideology, a lesson for kindergartners instructs teacher to refer to women as a person with a, and I can't say the word, so I'll say it rhymes with Volvo, okay? The uh, car, or it doesn't rhyme with it, it sounds like it. It's just, they're teaching that to kindergartners. That's disgusting. Zero Hedge, UK leader says it is wrong to say that only women have a cervix. What? Yeah. Really? Breitbart. UK left collapses into infighting over whether women have cervixes. Mail online. Care about your feelings. Yeah, that was from a woman, by the way. <laughs> Mail online. Nope, New somebody e- with a cervix. With somebody with a cervix. <laughs> Mail online. New executive of Marvel Universe says studio could drop the men from X Men. Over concerns, the title is not inclusive. From Yahoo, this is this is the state of the world that we're living in. This is it. Newsom signs bills allowing children to hide sex operations and abortions from parents. California's governor on a roll now that he won. From the Christian Post, Pennsylvania University threatens disciplinary action against students who misuse pronouns. This isn't the first, but we'll throw it in here anyway. Point Park University in Pennsylvania sent an email to its students threatening that they will face disciplinary action if they don't use their classmates' preferred gender pronouns. The Office of Equity and Inclusion would like to welcome in the 2021-2022 academic year with information on current policies that exist through our office and information regarding the preferred name policy. Instances of misgendering, pronoun misuse, and dead naming, meaning the use of the person's legal dead name instead of using the person's chosen or preferred name, as well as resources on microaggressions and additional training 
The email reads, according to campus reform, the policy states that any individual who has been informed of another person's gender identity, pronouns, or chosen name is expected to respect that individual. Some other news from around the world. And as I say each week, please be sure to check out the Superior Word sermons. I would hope that you would do that. I uh, have week-to-week people email me and tell me that they're in this book of the Bible or they're in that book of the Bible that they have done, and they said they're so thankful for those sermons. They're finding about Jesus in the Old Testament, about pictures they never even imagined were there, just jump right out of the pages. So please go back and watch those sermons. All right, from Big League Politics, ex-Washington Democrat Party organizer convicted of terrorist train derailment plot. That's a terrorist there, but you'll not hear that on very many news sites. It's all the, if you support MAGA, you're now a terrorist, according to Biden's administration. If you support going to the Constitution for your rights, you are considered a terrorist by the Biden administration. But this person, because it's a Democrat and tried to blow up trains, nothing will be said about it. One of two Washington left-wing radicals arrested in relation to a terrorist plot to derail an oil tanker train, that would be good for the environment, oh yeah, was convicted on a terrorism-related federal charge. 28-year-old Ellen Reich was arrested with 24-year-old Samantha Brooks after federal and local law enforcement began an investigation into a series of shunts placed on train tracks in Whatcom County. The crew devices had the ability to power down a train, potentially endangering the lives of crew on board and those around the train. From the Washington Free Beacon, liberal group includes call to shoot Republicans in letter to the FCC. Yes, a left-wing group funded by the Center for American Progress and George Soros' Open Society Foundations submitted a letter to the government that advocated for murdering Republicans. Free Press, a well-funded liberal group that aims to reshape media. Why? It's already theirs. In the United States, sent a letter to the FCC that included the question, are we going to have to shoot Republicans to reclaim our democracy? The Free Press letter, which called on the FCC to investigate its own history of racism and examine how its policy choices and actions have harmed black people and other communities of color, was signed by just under 5,000 of the group's members who were given the opportunity to provide comment along with their signature. So there you go. It's okay to shoot Republicans, according to these people. And I would tell you, I would remind you that there is not a nation on this planet that has done more for the black people of this world than the United States of America. It's a republic. Yeah, it's, it's a republic. From the Epic Times, Biden admin loses DACA appeal in Texas, so they're just making a new rule. After losing an appeal to preserve the Obama-era DACA program, the Biden admin announced that it will simply create a new rule to circumvent the legal ruling. The Biden-Harris administration continues to take action to protect dreamers and recognize their contributions to this country, said Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas in a statement. This notice of proposed rulemaking is an important step to achieve that goal. However, only Congress can provide permanent protection. I support the inclusion of immigration reform in the reconciliation bill and urge Congress to act swiftly to provide dreamers the legal status they need and deserve. In July, a federal district judge ruled that the 2012 DACA program violated the Administrative Procedures Act. 
The ruling left intact DACA benefits for some 600,000 people, but blocked future applications. That's all it did. Biden signed an executive order upon taking office to strengthen the program, but officials have acknowledged Congress must enact a permanent fix. Those efforts took a hit this month when the Senate's parliamentarian ruled against Democrats' plan to provide 8 million green cards as a part of their $3.5 trillion spending bill, dealing a significant blow to the party's immigration reform chances. They just want to put this stuff into these laws and just push their agenda on top of us. And when it doesn't go their way, they just simply write a law around it. Criminal, literally criminal. Epic Times, illegal immigrant Mexican teen arrested for setting wildfires in California. Agents with the CBP's El Centro sector apprehended the illegal alien who was not identified and accused him of setting fires in the Jacumba wilderness last week. When Border Patrol agents responded, they located an unknown individual in the vicinity of the reported fire attempting to start another fire. Agents attempted to extinguish the second fire, but had little success. Then the Bureau of Land Management provided dispatched an aircraft with firefighting capabilities to stop the wildfire, and the combined resources and firefighting efforts were able to control the fires the next day. The accused arsonist was identified as an 18-year-old male Mexican national who was arrested for illegally entering the United States and was transported to the El Centro processing station. Have you heard that anywhere else? NPR. A crypto trading hamster performs better than Warren Buffett and the S&P 500. True story. What if we told you there was a hamster who has been trading cryptocurrencies since June and recently was doing better than Warren Buffett and the S&P 500. Mr. Gox, G-O-X-X, a hamster who works out of what is possibly the most high-tech hamster cage in existence. It's designed so that when Mr. Gox runs on the hamster wheel, he can select among dozens of cryptocurrencies. Then, deciding between two tunnels, he chooses whether to buy or sell. According to the Twitch account for the hamster, his decision is sent over to a real trading platform, and yes, real money is involved. And he's outperformed all of the specialists. Mr. Gox. Sign me up. Okay, who said it? Stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. Albert Einstein. Yes. Okay, I've got a lettric here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he is talking about. There's a rodent that lets out a squeal when he rightly divides fortune's wheel. He does not need a vow to make followers howl to his fans. He says, let's make a deal. Okay, got a little bit of irony here for you today from Breitbart. Iran vows to eliminate Zionism at UN anti-racism conference. Yes. And from Mail Online. I don't know if I can read this without busting out. Mail Online. I cannot imagine anything that looked more like the gates of hell. Hillary Clinton recalls flying over ground zero in a helicopter on the day after 9-11. 
She'll know what looks like the gates of hell yes. someday. That's all I can say. Okay, yes. there you go. That's my irony for you this week. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG report for the week.